Hello, everybody, and welcome to In-Depth, presented by the San Antonio Express News. My name is Luis Vasquez, and I'll be your host as we bring in journalists to give us an inside perspective into the stories they bring to the Express News each week. Today, I'm joined by military reporter Sig Christensen. He joins the show to talk about the recent deaths of soldiers at Joint Base San Antonio Fort Sam Houston. Welcome back to the show, Sig. How are you doing today? I'm well. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure to have you. Um, uh, we were talking right before we started recording about how long you've been actually reporting on deaths here in San Antonio. Can you just give the audience some context about that before we get into the story? Like how long have you been covering these types of stories? I've been covering suicides since 2007. And the reason why I started was I noticed an AP reporter, Pauline Jelinek, who was writing about it. And at first I thought, that doesn't seem to be something I really care much about. I had been going back and forth to Iraq, uh, covering active duty and National Guard troops in the war zone, as well as Marines. Uh, so in 2006, for example, I was in Ramadi, which was a very violent place. And there were a lot of competing interests in those days in terms of how I decided what to write about. And I spent a lot of time working on how soldiers were dealing with war. And then it became pretty clear to me that the war was taking a real toll on them. And, and we wrote about it eventually. Uh, we spent an entire reporting tour in Iraq in 2007 writing about that. And suicides became a clear focus of the reporting after a while. And so I wrote a lot about it. And in those days, the Army in particular was very helpful. They provided a lot of numbers. And the thing that was pretty clear right off was that these numbers were way, way off. They were far higher than they ever had been. And you could go back and look at the numbers going into the 90s. And there was a time when the military was a place where people committed suicide in far fewer numbers than the civilian population. It was almost as if being in the military was a protective force uh, against that. But then with the war in Iraq, something happened. And of course, we were fighting in Afghanistan, too, although the first few years after 9-11 were pretty low key, low intensity fighting. Iraq was the focal point of our two war uh, operation there, and it was very violent. And the numbers kept going up, almost unceasingly going up. I'm not even sure that's the right word. They just would not stop. And so it raised a lot of questions. Why is that happening? Is it because of multiple deployments? Uh, nobody could really figure it out. There were a lot of theories. The Pentagon began to study it, and they would go out and find academics to do the research. And in 2008, the Pentagon law launched what is called the UT San Antonio Strong Star Program. It was a multidisciplinary consortium to study post-traumatic stress disorder, as well as raise initiatives to uh, uh, start initiatives, I should say, that would raise awareness among troops and civilian workers. And PTSD was considered a link to all of this other trouble. So there was a lot of money spent millions of dollars. And I wrote every year about this. And it got to a point where my bosses got tired of it. 
because the stories never changed. From one year to the next, there were never any real answers or solutions. There were just numbers and the numbers kept going up. It was very grim work to do. I would sit and talk with parents and with spouses. And it was just really hard work to do. It was, it was the hardest work I think I've ever done because of the sadness that basically permeated all those interviews and all of the stories. And nobody could make sense of why somebody who seemed to have so much going for them would suddenly, suddenly take their life. And so at one point I stopped writing because it was just too much personally. But then in the last several years, we've had a number of things come up. One, a murder suicide uh, involving uh, an NCO who had been in Iraq and Afghanistan. He had been a st standout soldier uh, and he killed his own squadron commander at Lackland. And at that point, we wrote much more about this subject again. And what we found in the latest story that we wrote was that the numbers were, again, very high and that the suicide total since 2003 had exceeded the total number of people who had been killed in action or accidents in Iran and Afghanistan. The number who had been killed in those two wars was 7,038 and the number of people committing suicide had gone above that. Recently, uh, someone else did a story where the numbers included veterans of both of those wars, and those numbers exceeded 20,000. So it's just a terrible problem that nobody can put their arms around. And researchers tell me that they have learned some things about what happens here when somebody is in trouble but they can't tell you if they're really going to kill themselves. They can tell you somebody is more at risk, but they can't tell you that somebody will, and they can't tell you when it'll happen. So effectively, this terrible problem remains a mystery. You write about um, Captain Alexis Graf, and you mentioned that she is... Um, one of three to die under similar circumstances in the past, in recent months. Can you talk more about the, uh, the latest ones or, or about this article specifically? Yes. And I'll uh, start by simply telling you that we don't have official causes of death for any of the three people here that I wrote about. So I can't tell you what happened. I can tell you that yesterday I saw police reports for two of them. And uh, and so one was her. She's a captain and uh, she was found uh, in her residence and off post. There were there. Yes, this is she was found in her residence off of Fort Sam Houston. So this was in San Antonio and uh, there had been a phone call or two 
uh, involving uh, calls to the police to check her welfare because there were concerns about her. And particularly, it seemed as if she was uh, unstable or uh, very upset. And the next thing anyone knew, she was dead. So we don't know. But she was a captain and a nurse. She was an educated person. And uh, and, and I will tell you that uh, while officers do die by suicide, the numbers are far smaller when compared with uh, uh, specialists or sergeants, people who are in non-commissioned jobs uh, or in enlisted jobs. The numbers are much higher for enlisted personnel. It's an old figure in the Army in particular. So uh, we don't know about her, but there were two others. And the other two people, one I was told was likely a suicide. And I won't put names up here. I'll just simply say that. And the other one, uh, we do not think that death was a suicide. We, uh, from the police report that I saw yesterday, uh, we have reason to believe that he simply drank himself to death. Uh, it was uh, it was pretty obvious what happened there. But again, we don't know. We don't have uh, a final report from the medical examiner. And that is where we will go to uh, get our answers at some point. And we'll probably write about this uh, again, because the problem uh, at San Antonio has been fairly serious. Not that long ago, a previous Joint Base San Antonio commander launched town halls on the subject, and I went to two of them. Uh, she was very concerned about what was going on. Her name was Brigadier General Laura Linderman, and she uh, got very public about this. The current commander, uh, Brigadier General uh, Caroline Miller, is not so public about it. I haven't heard of any sort of, uh, of, of town halls that have been set up for this. They have annual training, like a lot of corporations do for all sorts of things, but they have annual training for suicide prevention. But let's be clear, it doesn't work. I'm going to just be blunt. It doesn't work. The numbers show it. So what are they going to do? How are they going to stop this or slow it down? How do they reverse it? How do they bring us to the point where we see the number of suicides fall uh, to the level what they were in the 90s when a person in the military was less likely to kill themselves than a person in the civilian world? That's a huge question. Uh, I don't think it's going to be any time soon. You mentioned uh, in an article back in April about how military suicides in the COVID era hit a new high. Can you speak on that as well? Yes, that story we did in April. Um, I decided that it was time to see how the year of coronavirus had affected suicides. Uh, and what ultimately people in the Pentagon think is that the pandemic was not the culprit. Of course, what is? <laughs> Nobody knows. That's the problem that we come right back to again. Um, and so what we found was that uh, in the report that was released in mid-April, 
Uh, there were 500 suicide, 503 suicides in 2019. Uh, and the record previously was 543 set in 2018. So these numbers are pretty high. Then, and that's not an unusual variation, by the way. They can go up and go down, but they're always high. Uh, and that brought us to the suicide total since 2003, which exceeded the 7,038 military personnel who had died in Iran and Afghanistan. And so this is this is not a surprise, I guess. I did not expect to see the numbers go down very much. Uh, after all these years, I'm sorry to tell you, but I expect the worst because this subject just simply doesn't get better over time. And I wish it would because uh, it's a very frustrating thing. Uh, we've had a military that has been on the march now pretty much for 20 years. It, what, what it's had is called a high operational tempo. That's the word that they use in the military, a high op tempo. And that means that they've been going back and forth to war zones. So they went a lot to Iraq and Afghanistan. We wrote about soldiers at Fort Hood and in the army who were going back and forth to Iraq every year. We ran into one person when we were in Baghdad who had, was she was on her fourth tour of the war. She had hardly seen her two children. And the time that went back to the invasion, and this was the year 2007. So four years, she had been almost overseas most of that time. And, and actually, we ran into a lot of people who had been in three tours, and those were generally 4th Infantry Division troops who had been posted to a, a town northwest of Baghdad to crit. That was well known for being a Saddam Hussein stronghold. It had been a cauldron of violence for years, and it was a very bad place for soldiers to be. A lot of lot of lot of people got killed there in in, uh, in in attacks by insurgents or in particularly roadside bombs. And so all of those people brought with them a certain amount of post-traumatic stress and uh, and and all kinds of, of other troubles. They were drinking a lot and alcohol seemed to be a particularly powerful part of their lives. It, it was a, it was a big part of their lives in, in, in many cases, some of them admitted that they did drugs, but they said, don't put that in the story because I'll then have trouble with, with uh, military justice. And so we did not mention it, but the war put a lot of stress on folks. And then while we've drawn down uh, in this past five or six years, uh, there's still a lot of training that goes on. There's there uh, uh, people are are training to a high level because of the potential for them to deploy quickly to a war zone. And as everybody's heard about Vanessa Guillen, that uh, that that value being ready to deploy was so much higher than any other that when somebody was being sexually uh, harassed, in this case, Vanessa Guillen, nobody cared. They were focused on other things. And those are all problems that 
we're seeing even to this day, 2021. Well, Sig, I really appreciate you taking the time to give us all this context behind uh, your reporting, uh, really incredible reporting. Um, Thanks again for being on the show, Sig. I really appreciate it. Thank you. 